Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Kidding. Anthony, you know I love you. I know, I, please, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time, I, I'm, but I know you're there, man. Grasso with you, 60 more minutes, or at least close to it, here on the Friday night, 98.7 ESPN. Yes, full show tomorrow, full Saturday show, 9 a.m. to noons. We'll be with you bright and early tomorrow morning. Looking forward to that, of course, and I'll be sitting in for the guys on DNR Monday morning, 6 a.m. I'll be there, Santiago will be there, so we'll have a good old time as well. That's what we're looking like for the next couple of days. And then we got shows, of course, every night of the week, after Monday uh, at 7 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now that Nixon Ranger season is a thing of the past here. Been all over the map tonight. Little baseball, little basketball, good conversations. And uh, Mets got a 2-1 lead on the Rocks in the second inning as they open up a series in Colorado with Scherzer on the mound. I mentioned it earlier. Scherzer for his career, and this is a guy who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, has an ERA lifetime at Coors Field of over six. He's not the only pitcher, and he's not the last pitcher that's going to have a a, a less-than-imposing record at that ballpark, which is extremely hitter-friendly. But you hope that he can um, give them a good outing tonight and keep them in the game long enough for the bats to do their job. Lindor had a two-run home run there in the first inning to get him off and running. Yankees trailing the Padres 4-1 in the Bronx. That one in the bottom of the seventh. San Diego with a pair of two-run shots, one by Soto, one by Tatis. Rizzo and RBI ground out in the sixth. That's how things are looking for the Bombers. Boone not managing tonight. We got into that a little bit as well because he was suspended by Major League Baseball because, you know, he feels that he's got to go out there and get run. Been uh, thrown out of three of the previous ten games, and baseball said, Aaron, enough is enough. Sit this one out and think about what the hell you're doing. You look like uh, you look ridiculous out there. So hopefully he'll stick around for all nine innings. I know it's painful, even with the pitch clock, though. You know, the games aren't as long as they used to be. It's not like this is the old days where you have to sit through, you know, four and a half hours of Yankees-Red Sox nine innings. Right now, sometimes you're in and out of these games in two hours and six minutes. It shouldn't be that difficult to sit there and mind your P's and Q's and to get through an entire game when you're managing the team and you're making, you know, $5 million a year, whatever the hell he's getting paid, probably more than that. But nevertheless, that's where we are right now. And, you know, it's all kidding aside, what Anthony was talking about, though, with the the, the umpiring and the coaching and... um. With, with with the youth sports and everything, I, I, I mean it with total sincerity. I think it is one of the most thankless jobs you can have out there because let's face it, a, a lot of these umpires and stuff are, are, and referees, they're not doing this for money. Like Anthony's not umpiring for money. You know, it's he, – the term he used was, you know, it's satisfying and, you know, wholesome and all those things. He's not doing it to pay his bills. And the way that some of these coaches – parents, the way they treat these guys, and you see these stories like online and on the news and how like some of them actually like actually like go out on the field and attack, attack, like physically assault these refs and these umpires like it's game seven of the World Series and, and their entire life savings is on the line by the outcome of the game. I mean, we're talking about nine, 10-year-old kids and this is the way they're acting? Like, I'm saying, hey, you know what? 
Guys like Anthony, they're a lot better people than I am because I wouldn't do that in a million years. No thank you. It ain't worth my time. It ain't worth my aggravation. I don't even care if it's my kid. It's completely thankless. That's just the way I feel about it. Speaking of being thankless, Scottie Pippen is at it again. You know Scottie, right? He's a Hall of Famer. Had a really, really, really good career in his own right. Won six championships as a member of the Chicago Bulls. Teammate of Michael Jordan, the whole nine yards. Well, Scottie went on Stacey King's podcast. Stacey King was a member of some of those Bulls teams forward. And I guess he's got a podcast. Good for Stacey. I didn't know what he was doing, you know, in recent years. So he's got a podcast, and, and Scotty went on it. And Scotty's doing a lot of talking, certainly, ever since, like, the last dance aired. So we're going three years ago now. Scotty's been talking a lot about Jordan, a lot about those Bulls teams, a lot of how it implies to his legacy and how that is now kind of almost being altered or should be altered in a certain way. Well, Scotty goes on his former teammate's podcast called Gimme the Hot Sauce. That's actually what I was going to name my podcast. That's why they said I couldn't do it, because I guess Stacey King got to it first. Anyway, um, so he goes on Stacey King's podcast, and he weighs in on Michael Jordan and LeBron James. L- l- listen to what Scotty has to say. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball, and there's no comparison to him. So does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game, and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots, and... All of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff is almost, it's hard to even defend at this point. Like, you almost worry, you you worry about Scotty, right? Like, you worry about him. All right, let's at least zero in on the, Stuff there at the end about Jordan. I don't care what he has to say about LeBron, whatever. But it's taking the shots at Jordan. We all saw the type of player that Jordan was before I played with him. Now, just let let the record show. Scotty got to the Bulls in 1987. So Jordan was three years into the league before Pippen arrived. (laughs) He was an all-star, by the way, all three years before Pippen got there, okay? The year before Scotty showed up, the 86-87 season, Jordan played every game, played 40 minutes a game, won the scoring title, and he just so happened to average 37 points a game. Yeah, that's, oh my God, that, that sounds like a scrub. If that, if that is not the epitome of a horrible player, I, I don't know what is. Can you imagine that? How embarrassing would that be if you only averaged 37 points a game? Right? I mean, unbelievable. And how about the year before that, right, in 86, when they went toe-to-toe with the Boston Celtics, who ended up being champs, by the way, and the 86 Celtics easily one of the top three, two, three teams, single-season teams in the history of the NBA, the 86 Celtics. And Jordan in that series, all three games, including the epic game up in Boston Garden, Jordan only averaged about 44 points a game in that series against one of the greatest teams of all time, ever. 
ever. And Scotty's going to come in here and make it as if, again, that Scotty was responsible for Michael Jordan becoming who he was. Because that's, I think, that's what I think Scotty wants people to believe at this point. Because it's like revisionist history. And you could kind of paint the canvas as to how you see fit. And Scotty has given people the paintbrush, but he's kind of coaching them as to what he wants painted on the canvas. That's what he wants. And there's also a different layer to this conversation now. You do realize that, right? Like the off the court part of the conversation, the TMZ, the real housewives part of the conversation. When it comes to Scotty now with Michael Jordan, because I don't know how many of you keep up with the gossip pages and, you know, the TMZs and all those things. Michael Jordan's son, okay, has been dating Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Okay, I'll repeat that again. Michael Jordan's son dates Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. So if you don't think that there is another layer to the bitterness and the animosity here, that maybe Pippen already has towards Jordan, now it just got ratcheted up a whole other layer. Like, what does Scotty expect Michael to do? Like, step in and tell his adult grown son who he can and can't date? I, I, it's, it's, like, comical at this point. It really is. And, you know, and, this, and, and I like Scotty, and Scotty was a great player. He was a tremendous player. And I remember back in those days, like, you know, in school and everything, and, you know, the, in the 90s with the Bulls, and we're like, that we, we would get into, like, arguments, like, legit arguments in, in school, everybody, and, and trying to make a case that, like, Pippen was the second best player in the NBA behind Michael. It's amazing how he just, like, is going to continue to try to pile on here where he's just making himself look bad more than anything else. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I promise we'd get to football when we come back because an all-pro wide receiver is now suddenly available. No strings attached. Like, you can have him. If the money is good enough, he's yours. Does it make sense for the Jets or the Giants? We'll talk about it when we return. Grass the show till the top right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. High is a good one, too. You know, that song for that time period with the Phil Spector Wall of Sound production, it's just like, it's almost like hypnotic. It's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Uh, 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. By the way, word to the wisdom. I'll get back to the calls here in just a second. Just some friendly advice, and we're all friends here. If, and, and this doesn't apply to everybody, of course, but if... You have an appearance to make any time in the near future. It doesn't have to be this weekend, but anytime soon, where you have to make an appearance at, let's say, a local car dealership, okay? And if you also happen to be a professional football player who's listening to the show right now and happens to have to make an appearance at, an, at a car dealership in the near future, first of all, make sure you take your keys with you when you go, number one. And number two, don't leave your playbook in the car either in the event something bad can happen. And that's exactly what happened to Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers, second-year quarterback. Earlier in the week, he goes to a, he has an appearance at a local car dealership. While he was there doing whatever it is he you know, was doing, I don't know if he was signing autographs, kissing babies, that type of thing, maybe consulting over a new vending machine item or two. I don't know. He had his car stolen. A 2023 Genesis SUV. Gone. Taken. So, thankfully for him, police were able to get the car pretty quickly. Why? Because the 60-year-old dude who stole it, he left his own personal car at the dealership. Now, in car theft 101, robbery 101, whatever you know, class you might have signed up for, if you're going to steal a car, you don't want to leave the corresponding vehicle at the scene of the crime. Okay? I've never stolen a car before. So I'm maybe not the authority to be able to impart wisdom in this particular instance, but I am smart enough to know that if I was going to do something like that, I would probably get a ride there. Or maybe just walk. But I wouldn't drive my car, steal somebody else's, and leave my old one in its place. It's not like a swap. It's not how this thing works. Unless the guy actually thought, hey, it's a car dealership. I like this one. I may not have the money on me now to buy it. But let me just take it for a test drive to see how it works. And if I like it enough, maybe I'll go back to the dealership and we can work out some sort of an arrangement. Maybe that's all he was alleging. And I think that if I'm his lawyer, that's probably what I'm encouraging him to tell the police. I thought that this was from the dealership and I was taking it for a test drive. So they found the guy's car, they brought it back, and I guess the playbook was returned as well. Like, did the guy even rummage through the car and notice that the Steelers' playbook was there? I'm sure, like, the Steelers' logo was on it, right? I mean, it's pretty hard. It would probably be something that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't think it was, like, the user vehicle manual or something like that. 
It wasn't like in the dashboard. Like, how do I set the radio? And he's like looking through the Steelers playbook as to how to get like, you know, preset number two and preset number three to work. I don't even know if he had enough time behind the wheel to be able to learn how to set the radio. Because if the cops were on him that quickly, well, that would pretty much nullify that. But boy, how dumb do you got to be? My goodness. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. Jose, have you ever stolen a car before? Oh, I have not, and I just find, I find this story freaking hilarious. <laughs> there's, uh, there's one in every crowd, Jose, apparently. I was just like, wait, wait he really let me. So he went in there with his own car, <laughs> decided to steal another car, and leave it on like, well, just walls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, so that, that's just crazy. Um, I wanted to talk to talk because I wasn't going to call in, but then you got. You, I heard this Scotty Pippen story, and when when you were just going off on it, and I'm just like, wow. Uh, I I don't know what to say with Scotty Pippen because it, it, it's one thing to try to keep your name out there because you're trying to sell a you know alcoholic beverage, which was what he was doing at at the last dance scenario. But and then at, he had a book, point, right? Yeah, and then he also had a book, yeah. But at this point, it, it just seems like it's so lowbrow at this point because it's like the people who know basketball, who are the people that you should, you know, just, you know, worry about, all know that, yes, Jordan is a fantastic player, but he could not win without a player like Scottie Pippen beside him. And it is okay to say that. And, we all, and that's all he should take solace in. But instead, he's got to go and do these cheap shots where now people got to feel defensive. And, I, I, and I'm like, hey, I, I, I just don't understand why, why Scotty would have to do this. I get the TMZ, and like Chantel brought up a great point, the TMZ stuff must really be bothering him and everything. Oh, it's got Because it it's got to be hurting his pride and everything. But at this point, you just got to just realize, man, like you, you, you're Scotty Pippen, man. And no matter what people in Chicago say, no matter what people around the world say, you're, you're, you're the reason that Michael Jordan is one of the greatest of all time, or if not the greatest of all time. And that's something that you should be, be, be holding your head, head up high to, not always trying to take shots to try to big up yourself, big up yourself. Because I don't even think this, because to me, this was bigging up himself. And that, and because uh, it wasn't even trying to add to LeBron, because he he tried to take a swipe at LeBron, saying statistical greatest play ever. So it's just like you know, you just gotta stop this nonsense, man. Well, you know what it is? It's almost like he's coming off as like the the grumpy old man type of exactly, dude, and right? That, and and that and and that's the sad part because I'm like, I know what it is to be you know overshadowed by other people in a group and everything else and have those insecurities, but eventually. When you let those insecurities eat you up alive, this is what you end up looking like, and this is bad. This is a bad look. Look, I got to be honest with you, and Jose, good phone call, my friend, as always. Thanks for checking in. Like, if you're Pippin from a basketball standpoint, your legacy is secure. Your legacy is secure. You got the rings. You got the money. You're in the Hall of Fame. Like, you shouldn't have to sit there and make excuses or, or, or let people form their own opinion. Because they're going to form their own opinion anyways, regardless of what you say. It's not like you're going to make people see the light. Because they're going to look at it from a biased viewpoint anyways. 
So just let them have at it and let them think what you think. The reality that you can't go back and undo history. You can't rewrite history. It's done. And if he's hung up on the whole, like, last dance thing and the way that that Bulls run was presented, well, what do you expect? I mean, Jordan was the guy who was, like, the executive producer of the, of the documentary. It was made by, like, his people. So, like, of course it's going to paint it favorable towards Jordan in a certain degree. But it also didn't have to make it like Pippen was the villain either. And I think he kind of contributed to that. But, yeah, I mean, look. Let's call it like it is. A hundred percent, you know that this stuff going on, you know, in the uh, the gossip pages has also got to be ruffling his feathers in the worst possible way. You know, your ex-wife is now dating. I I, I don't know if this is the right word. You know, I, I don't want to say that Jordan is his enemy, but a guy that he's not exactly super favorable towards right now. That guy's kid is now dating your ex-wife, regardless of how old he is. Nick in New Jersey, up next here on 98.7. What's up, Nick? How we doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, Good, Nick. I'm, I, I have a problem with the fact that Scottie Pippen, he, he honestly believes that his legacy is greater than what it really is. Scottie Pippen believes that he is in the same category as a LeBron James as a Steph Curry, as the number one role player in a dominant dynasty. Yeah. That was not Scottie Pippen. If you want to look at the real Scottie Pippen, go look at the 94 uh, playoff series between the against New York the Knicks. Knicks. Yep. It's against the, the Knicks, where Kukoc was, was written up to shoot the last shot. He had mm-hmm. three game winners. By the way, I'm Gen Z. I know this. I don't know why. But he had three game winners that entire season in 94. And Scottie Pippen refused to go on the court. Go watch the Last Dance documentary. He I, I, I know it well. I remember it. Okay? And that is his legacy. Okay? If you want to talk about – if you want to – I mean, and he has six rings and all that. But, you know, you take that person who doesn't want to go on the court to take the last shot, that's who he is. He wants to be the number one man. And even when Jordan was playing baseball – for his father's, for basically his father's legacy, Scottie Pippen couldn't fill that role. They they had 55 wins that season, but he couldn't come on the court to shoot the last shot, and it ended up being a terrible reminder of what Scottie Pippen is—a selfish human being. And it's coming in now in his retirement. Scottie Pippen is so he's so angry at the fact that he is not Michael Jordan. Because what is Scottie Pippen's legacy? What is his legacy? When you think of Scottie Pippen's legacy, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of. Robin to Batman. You're thinking of maybe maybe he's Clay Thompson to to uh, to Steph Curry, or maybe he's Kyrie Irving to LeBron James, or maybe he's Dwayne Wade to LeBron James. You know, he is the second man, and he can't stand that because he goes down every night. He looks at his trophy case. He looks at his rings. He has six. Steph Curry has four. LeBron James has four. Kobe Bryant has five. He is up there in the top echelon of basketball players, but yet no one seems to recognize it, and he can't stand it and he and by the way it's not about the last dance documentary scotty pippen has been saying this at least for what i remember but even before the last dance documentary you can find if you go on a ai or whatever you can look up yeah. when when did scotty pippen first when did scotty pippen first uh, realize that lebron james is the best player of all time he said it before the last dance so this has been eating at him forever he can't stand it and really what he should be focusing more on is why his 
his wife is fooling around with rappers and his co-worker's son because that's the real issue. His wife is the issue. I mean, his ex-wife is the issue. Whether, whether you want to talk about if it's morally right or whatever, he is he is becoming deranged in the fact that his ex-wife is trying to ruin not just his legacy but his life. I mean, when you go at, when you really sit down, have a deep thought, like I'm going to sleep with my ex-husband's co-worker's son mm-hmm. who's fresh out of college. That's a dagger to the heart. Oh, it, it, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like got, Nick, it's got to destroy him. And, and 100% that plays into this thing, 100%. And I thank you for the phone call. I got to hit a break here. But you're absolutely right. You know, and, and here's the thing about Scotty. Like, Scotty's going to sit here and try to convince the whole world that the Bulls never won anything until he got there and Jordan never won anything until he got there. Okay, great. Jordan was still a pup. He was three years into the league. But here's what else I know about as far as Scotty is concerned. When that team broke up after 1998 and they all went their separate ways, Okay, and Michael walked away from basketball for the second time. Remember, Scottie Pippen never won again, and his career continued. And furthermore, Scottie never made another all-star team either. And Scottie's numbers paled in comparison to what he put up all those years with the Chicago Bulls. And it's not like Scottie was 53 years old after 1998 ended. Okay? Scotty was only 33. 33. Last time I checked, Kevin Durant's roughly 33, 34 years of age right now. And he's still finding ways to be productive. Right? So it works both ways. You could sit there and, and, and say, me, 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 me. This happened because of me. Well, okay. You also got to point the thumb sometimes as well, instead of just the finger at somebody else. 800-919-3776. We'll get into the DeAndre Hopkins saga, plus more of your phone calls. Dan Gross until 10 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show, 9 a.m. to noon, so we'll look forward to that. By the way, we, as we told you earlier in the week, you can put a rest to the saga drama. And, you know, I'll give him credit this time around. You know, he, he, this didn't drag out weeks, months, and it never really even was put to rest by him, but by sources close to the situation. Remember when LeBron kind of left that uh, carrot dangling after the Lakers were eliminated the other night that he doesn't know what his future is and he might hang it up at the end of the season? And not that any of us believed it for a second, but here's uh, Dave McMenamin of ESPN, who, of course, covers the Lakers. Uh, This was earlier today on NBA Today and basically says that, yeah, LeBron's coming back. 
I spoke to a source close to LeBron earlier in the week, and he described it as just a raw time for LeBron. Uh, anytime he has a season that ends where he's not lifting up the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of it, he has all sorts of thoughts swirl through his head. But I spoke to another source on Thursday who's close to LeBron, and he said that he fully expects LeBron to be back for next year. He said, you know, he's under contract. He's going to fulfill his contract. And so certainly, I believe on Monday night, it was a very real statement he was making. He was considering... Um, walking away in that moment but it sounds like uh, we will see him back with the Lakers next year like I said I didn't lose an ounce of sleep worrying about it or thinking that he wouldn't be back but he's going to be back so I think that was a message kind of floated out there to put the onus on the front office as to hey guys go out there and get me some help right I'm almost 40 years old I can't do this all by myself any longer I need some assistance Get it done. That's what he meant more than anything. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. You might have known the name. You might know his exploits. NFL, former All-Pro wide receiver, formerly of the Houston Texans, most recently the Arizona Cardinals. Well, he's a free agent now. And generally, you don't get a guy of his caliber that's still there to be had football-wise on May the 26th. But that's the reality right now because – His former team, the Arizona Cardinals, sent him packing, and so much so that they didn't even wait until June 1st because if it was a post-June 1 transaction, then they would have been able to save a little bit of money. But no, they said, we'll just take the $22 million cap hit. We don't care because the Cardinals want to be bad this year. They want to tank. They know they're not going to win. They have a rookie head coach, and they want to try to get as good a draft choice as possible here. That's why they did it more than anything. But they tried to trade him. But no team was going to pony up what they wanted, especially they didn't want to take on that contract and what was remaining on it, which was still two years and about $60 million. So now he's there for anybody to be had. And the money is ultimately probably what's going to dictate where he ends up. Now, remember, this is a guy who was suspended six games last year for PEDs. He's going to be 31 years of age by opening day. Of course, the usual suspects have reported their interest, whether it's Buffalo and Kansas City and Baltimore, Uh, I think the Patriots even were kicking the tires a little bit. How much sense does it make for both the Jets and the Giants? I think it makes sense for both of them. Now, look, once upon a time when he was still with Houston, and a lot of people didn't even really know too much about DeAndre Hopkins because, remember, he was playing for the Texans. They weren't a national draw. They had horrible quarterback play. In Houston, And it was like a revolving door, it seemed like, on an annual basis. I mean, like the best quarterback that he played with down there was Matt Schaub, who had a couple of decent seasons. But other than that, it was basically just find anybody to get him the ball. And he was a wasted talent with the Texans all those years. So, if you're the Jets, right now they only have about $7 million of cap space. They've got a good crop of wide receivers as is. But would a DeAndre Hopkins fit perfectly in this group on the outside? You're damn right he would. Thousand percent, but they would have to get a little bit creative to maneuver the cap. But I don't know if he would necessarily take that much of a discount to be able to play with a team like the Jets, who are going to be good, certainly with Aaron Rodgers. But I actually think the Giants are probably even a better fit for Hopkins and maybe even have more of a need for DeAndre Hopkins than the Jets do. Now, the Giants even have less cap space than the Jets have available, it's only about four and a half million dollars. So I just don't know how the Giants would be able to get that done because, A, Saquon Barkley's still unsigned. 
and they're still trying to figure out how to get his name on a contract. Even though Hopkins and Saquon do work out in the offseason occasionally sometimes, so you got that. But Giants don't have a number one wide receiver. They got a stud tight end now in Darren Waller if he could stay healthy. And I think if things remain the same, Darren Waller's going to be the guy who's the favorite target for Daniel Jones this year. I think he could have a huge, huge season. But when you look at the Slaytons, the Shepherds, the Hodgins, even the youngsters, like DeAndre Hopkins by far would be the most accomplished pass catcher that they have on the football team. And think about, too, if you get the Saquon situation worked out, think about what a vertical threat like Hopkins would do for the running game and how it would open up so many opportunities rushing the football for Saquon to make his life easier because teams wouldn't stack the box as regularly as they were accustomed to doing. And hopefully that, you know, Waller's presence will alleviate some of those concerns as well. But, man... That would be something. I still think that, you know, you bring him over here on a short-term deal, maybe if he even only plays for like one year, has a good season, then he could re-enter free agency, kind of reset his market a little bit. You know, because once you get to June, teams' rosters are kind of like pretty much set already, right? They've already gone through the free agency, they've gone through draft, and the cap is kind of what it is. There isn't as much flexibility as what a lot of clubs had, let's say, back in March before the offseason began. Interesting to see where he ends up. He went on the uh, Brandon Marshall I Am Athlete podcast and discussed potentially what type of a team would he be looking to play for. I've been through three to four GMs my career. Mm. So a stable management, a QB who loves the game, QB who brings everybody on board with him, pushes not just himself, but uh, you know people around him, and a great defense. I think defense won championships. What do you expect him to say? Like, seriously, like, like, you know, I want to play for a team that doesn't know what the hell they're doing in the front office. I want to play for a team that has the worst defense in the league. I want to play for a team that has a quarterback with one arm. Um, I really want to challenge myself, and I just want to go to the most miserable situation possible. Of course he's not going to say that. You know, what, what do they say? Oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lam- yeah, Josh Allen. They talk about all the greats. Right? All the top teams, top quarterbacks, of course that's what they want to do. Because a wide receiver, guess what? And he could be the first one to, to cop to this from his days with Houston. Wide receiver's only going to be as good as the quarterback that he has thrown him the damn ball. That's how this thing works. He's no dummy. I'm sure he wants to win. But, but you know what? Seriously, good for him that he got the hell out of Arizona. What, an, what a rudderless ship the Arizona Cardinals are and going to be for this upcoming season. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll reset more of your phone calls as we close things out. Dan Grasso Show, till the top, right here on 9870 ESPN.